Chapter 5 of Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter 5 Betty and the Webbies. Betty had now an occasional afternoon free. Early this morning, the mail brought a note from Mrs. King, asking her and Lois to go with them to the golf links. They would, she said, pick up Edith Banks and Gertrude Lynn on the way, and no doubt Jack and Dunmore would be there. Edwina, too, was invited, but she decided to go with her special playmate, Christine Stopford. Christine's father was an inveterate and skillful golf player, and both Edwina and Christine felt that life would be more exciting if they tagged proudly after a real player rather than strolled under trees or drank tea on the piazza, as Mrs. King did, and as Betty and Lois, being her guests, would of course be compelled to do. Though to be sure, they rarely left the field without playing a hole or two at least with the boys while the course was not particularly noted for its excellence yet it offered compensation to the casual player in the loveliness of the wide reach of sky and the beautiful rolling fair greens through the last of which a brook ran briskly making a hazard that was the despair of beginners and the fearful joy of the initiated mrs king and her party wandered over the fields until they came to a rustic bench perched on a hilltop that overlooked the course and was pleasantly shaded by a clump of cherry trees mrs king sank down on the bench dunny propped himself against one of the trees while jack and king threw themselves full length on the grass jack murmuring his one and unfailing quotation what so rare is a day in june at the same time keeping a watchful eye on king but the party affected a stony deafness before sitting down beside mrs king betty and lois stood a moment to take a full view of the outspreading country gertrude lynn ever mindful of her clothes sat down on a camp chair which she had asked dunny to carry from the clubhouse to protect her new spring gown from the baleful effects of the dust on a bench out in the open edith had gone off without ceremony to play with some friends they all began to talk together their tongues loosened by the fresh air and the animated scene and they were commenting admiringly on the skillful play of some club members who were driving down the green in front of them when a hush fell on the gay little party betty not knowing the cause turned to mary king and was about to speak but jack coughed significantly and remarked <clears throat> betty i see a friend of yours coming up the hill surprised by his tone betty swung round and saw mr and mrs webby walking confidently towards the group impeccable webby jack went on his usually kind blue eyes glaring as the little great man of the village and his youthful wife approached is it possible they have the nerve to come here after the way they treated betty said king looking at them with cold surprise i shall turn my back on them figuratively of course said mary with a disdainful shrug of her shoulders i simply can't endure snobs or bores they are both i shall escape instanter king took jack by the arm and dragged him away mrs webby greeted them effusively it was her ambition to become a member of the younger set of which mary king was the leader 
a second wife she was much younger than her husband mr webby had not seen betty since that evening in the library when he had urbanely commented on her enviable youth and had then proceeded to dismiss her to make room for a distant relative who had neither training nor experience and who did not need the position he now bowed to her without a trace of embarrassment the fact that he had turned betty from a position which she was filling with pronounced success was only one of the numerous selfish acts that made up his life from a boyhood of poverty to a middle age of wealth betty had determined to forget the injustice but her face now flushed with quick indignation at the memory of all the worry and anxiety this pompous little man had caused them and she bowed coolly in return to his wife's nod after nodding indifferently to mrs webby mrs king turned her eyes languidly to the horizon while lois too seemed to find distant objects more congenial mrs king with the coolness of a woman of the world could treat a pushing woman like this to a glance of amusement and a slight shrug of the shoulders and then forget her this treatment was now being accorded to immature mrs webby her husband stood talking placidly on the light and trivial subjects a man of his caliber thinks appropriate to women and was jingling his keys in his pocket the bench was large enough to hold only the three women and though betty had naturally stood up when the webbies approached she sat down again absently and turned to watch mr stopford and another club member who were passing seeing edwina and christine following them she waved her handkerchief and they threw kisses to her in return it was not long however before she discovered mary king's determination to ignore the unwelcome callers though she knew it was on her account betty could not sit comfortably while the process was going on turning to look at mary she saw that though lois was standing mrs webby evidently did not feel at liberty to occupy the vacant place without an invitation and seeing the deepening look of mortification in her eyes betty's resentment took wing as suddenly as it had come mrs webby won't you take this seat she said starting up impulsively and smiling at the embarrassed woman who hardly knew how to act in view of mrs king's evident indifference thank you miss baird said mrs webby but gazing expectantly at mary by the way bet said mary paying no attention to mrs webby we must begin our game or the sun will go down on our she paused laughing and adding in a low voice our wrath she stood up and looking at lois and including mrs webby carelessly in her glance moved towards the first tree i thought i saw mr king as i came up betty heard mr webby say as he trotted off in an effort to keep pace with mary's rapid steps in his active business as a close self-corporation he had gained an unenviable thickness of skin but his wife who had perhaps received more telling discipline in pursuit of her social aspirations could not conceal her chagrin betty walked along at mrs webby's side thinking i can't just see why she should be punished for her husband's meanness soothed by this thought she kept up a lively conversation that soon restored mrs webby's self-complacency she insisted that betty should come over to see her and remarked that she herself would drop in some day to see betty when she had nothing else to do 
this last gracious and naive assurance caused such a ripple of real merriment to pass over betty's face that lois wondered what the dull woman could be saying that was so humorous continuing mrs webby mourned her inability to learn to play golf and they do say it takes the flesh off wonderful she said regretfully her shortness of breath may be making her abbreviate her adverbs so painfully bet you are going to die young whispered mary i see you'll never have much fun out of a fallen foe she added drawing betty to one side and leaving mr and mrs webby to go down the hill arm in arm i know it admitted betty at least not in cold blood betty lacked the self-complacency that makes a girl hard on the faults or deficiencies of others for she was thoroughly awake to the fact that she had plenty of her own yet she had a certain inflexible sense of justice which though offset by her warm heart and generous spirit made any lack of fair play as in mr webby's treatment of her hard to forgive the backbone of betty's character was fairness she was silent as they walked down the steep hill her mind busy with this encounter come betty girl said mary this rugged virtue of yours is making you dull come over to the clubhouse and have a cup of that which cheers but does not inebriate as they followed the path that ran around the side of a hill down to the clubhouse they came across jack who thinking mary had certainly disposed of the webbies was returning trustingly to meet them just in time to come face to face with webby why how do you do mr brooks he said urbanely and linking his arm in jack's he trudged along leaving his stout wife to follow breathless red and perspiring betty looked after her pityingly just think mary how happy that poor soul would be on their veranda fanning herself and drinking iced tea or lemonade and talking with a congenial soul it's too ridiculous said mary but with none of betty's pity she comes here to be in the swim not because she cares for golf why doesn't she do what she cares for in one corner of the broad veranda of the picturesque clubhouse now crowded with members and their friends they found edith cosily drinking lemonade with lois gertrude and dunny who had managed to reach it by a roundabout route below them on the well-rolled croquet ground they could see edwina and christine engrossed in a game while on the clay tennis courts the club experts were engaged in a hotly contested match encouraged by the applause of the spectators who lined the sides of the courts jack soon joined the party he had suffered the familiarity of the man he detested not a moment longer than courtesy demanded from a younger to an older man his loyalty to betty turned his carelessly good-natured treatment of people in general and bores in particular into an attitude of dignified reserve in this case end of chapter five recording by holly jensen